You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. We're going to talk about BYU's running backs on today's show. Good signs from both Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier, as well as some of the other running backs against Navy. We'll talk about that, as well as some good news potentially developing at that position group for the Cougars. That's right, Sione Finau's return could be sooner rather than later. We'll talk about all of that on today's show, and we'll also catch up on everything else going on with the Cougars. Jeff Grimes speaking yesterday on DJ and PK in the morning. Some thoughts from him on that, so a lot to get to. On a Thursday edition of the show, our title sponsor today is our good friends over at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 10th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. A big thank you once again for downloading your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars with us here. A reminder for those of you who may be new to the podcast, just tuning in this week as BYU comes off that win over Navy, make sure to join us every day. Hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode as we talk BYU sports every day. It's your daily stop in podcast form for all the BYU sports coverage you need to know about as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else as well. All right, kicking off today's show, some good news talking to sources around the BYU football program is that Sione Finau, the former Kearns High School product, is actually being cleared to resume practicing with the BYU football program. Uh, Finau, last October during practice, suffered an ACL injury after really having a very productive October. He was part of that group of running backs for BYU a year ago that seemingly couldn't stay healthy. One would have a good run, speaking of Tyson Williams early on in the season, then he was lost for the season. Finau really came on kind of in the aftermath of the injury to Tyson Williams and really broke out, had a great showing against the likes of Boise State. Then BYU get breaks into November. He suffers an ACL injury and is lost for the year in his own right. Jax McChesney later came on in that game against UMass to put up a BYU freshman record. What was it? 220 some odd yards in that win over UMass, just running roughshod. And the hope was this year that BYU would have a good run of health and have plenty of depth at the running back position. Well, the good news is, is in the early returns for the BYU football program, both Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier very much look like the two-headed monster that BYU envisioned they could be going into the season. I expect both of them to pretty much split the carries down the middle for the most part this coming year for the BYU football program for throughout the, re- the remainder of the season. Obviously, things could change if one were to become ineffective or be injured. That's always on the table when it comes to this. But those two are going to be your lead backs. Sione Finau, though, him being cleared, and like I said, in talking with sources around the BYU football program, he has been cleared to resume practicing. There is a difference, though, folks. Being cleared to resume practicing does not be, mean he is resuming uh, preparations to get ready to play in the near future. I would expect you probably see him maybe earliest the Troy game because you still have to get him up to speed. He hasn't played football, what, since last November, so 10 months? 
He needs some time to really get his bearings about him, understand the nuances of what might have changed in the playbook since last year before he ultimately can step onto the field. The nice part is BYU can handle just kind of bringing him along as he gets stronger, healthier, and just ready to go overall. So I think that seeing him against Army, if BYU were to go out there and do what they did against Navy, speaking of the game upcoming against the Army Black Knights, let's say they race out to a big lead once again, and they start off to clear the bench, and they do travel Fina to that game, and they feel like he is good enough to go, I could see him getting some time in mop-up duty. But then as the season progresses here, so the home opener the week after that against Troy, that's when I would think BYU is probably targeting to have Sione Finau back into the rotation. If you could have a guy like Sione Finau join Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa as a three-headed monster at running back for BYU, that would be absolutely phenomenal. I know there are many of you asking, okay, Jake, well, what about Jackson McChesney? He showed some good things against Navy, and he did. But some of you may have heard by now when you're listening to this podcast, and he may have put it out there on social media, it sounds like, according to my sources, that Jackson McChesney has suffered an injury that is going to preclude him from playing for at least the foreseeable future. I am not certain of the extent of the injury, and I'm not at liberty to really elaborate on what exactly happened with regards to the injury, but I can tell you this much. I do not expect to see Jackson McChesney for the foreseeable future playing for BYU once again. And that is severely disappointing because he showed some really good things against Navy after that breakout performance a year ago against UMass. You guys may disagree with me on this, but this is one of the worst parts of my job as a media member who covers the BYU football program. And I would actually extend that out to all of college football writers, beat writers, podcasters, guys who cover teams. The thing that really just uh, gets you down is when you hear about an injury to a young man who's put his body on the line, has really worked hard to get into shape and be ready to contribute and really felt like, you know what, I've got an opportunity here. And then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, you heard that snap, hopefully just barely, it just taken away. That's what is the pits about the job that I have to do. So I have to report on the injuries that I hear about. I do have to do that but it absolutely crushes me for a kid like Jackson McChesney. This is a young man who really, I think, deserves a better opportunity than he has been given so far, and it appears he's going to have to wait for some time to get that opportunity once again. He'll be putting out something on social media, I would expect, at some point. By the time you hear this podcast, it may already be out there. But it's just it's disappointing, honestly, because if you were to have a guy like Jackson McChesney as your quote-unquote fourth string or a third string battling with Sione Finau for fourth string, whatever it might be, you had four legitimate running backs you felt like you could count on, BYU'd be in really good, uh, a really good spot right now. There's no doubt about that. As it stands, though, with Jackson McChesney now being lost for a, for a time, as well as getting Sione Finau back up to 100%, well, you're really going to rely on Tyler Algier as well as Lopini Katoa. They will be carrying the load against Army in particular, and it may be a little bit longer than that before they get some quote-unquote replacements ready to go. In the game against Navy, you saw the likes of Chase Wester come into this game. He is a walk-on who has played uh, sparingly in his time as a, as a BYU Cougar. I also have two other guys who are developmental guys at running back for BYU and Javel Brown as well as Luke Andrada. Andrada did make the trip to Navy, but I did not see him take reps at running back. He may have taken reps on special teams, if I recall correctly. That may be wrong, but regardless, he did not see reps at running back. So as it stands currently, BYU is extremely thin once again at the running back position, and it's a worrisome trend. 
And I don't think you can control this because honestly, Hinkley Rapati tearing an ACL. You know what? ACLs, they're a ligament in a knee that is notorious for rupturing. You lose guys like Devontae Henry Cole to a transfer. Bruce Garrett decides he wants to return home during the middle of fall camp or just before fall camp, and he departs the program. Suddenly, a position that looked like it had been well-stocked for BYU after suffering all kinds of injury issues a year ago, ACLs to be the main cause, it seemed like, all of a sudden you're looking very thin once again. And it's been a bad run of luck for BYU at running back. There is absolutely no doubt 100% about that, that they just had a bad run here. I don't know what they did to anger the football gods that have just rained their wrath upon the running back position at BYU, but I'm hoping it turns around at some point. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, after the injury to Hinkley Ropati, I talked about it. this might be the curse of Jamal Williams, considering that was the last running back who really finished an entire season fully healthy as the lead back for BYU. I am crossing my fingers. I'm knocking on wood that my desk right in front of me here as I record this podcast. I don't know if you heard that come through the recorder. I am hoping that both Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa have a great run this season, stay 100% healthy, and they put up monster numbers. BYU needs them to, and they deserve it. Because other guys who I think deserve to have a good run of health, like a Jackson McChesney, it appears it's not going their way. So, it's just a tough, tough deal for a kid like Jackson McChesney. But the good news, so it's a good and bad news situation here for BYU. Sione Fino cleared, should be resuming football activities here shortly. Cleared to practice, not cleared to play in games quite yet. But that is a, it's kind of a benchmark. If him being cleared to resume practice means that his return to games is not too far off. And that's a positive news. But additionally, the bad news with regards to Jackson McChesney, We'll elaborate more on this as we learn more about Jackson McChesney's injury, the extent of it, all the different things that go into it. We'll have that for you guys as we move forward here. Also, some media availability happening today, this evening, 6 o'clock Mountain Time is when it's supposed to happen. Uh, maybe get some clarification from Kalani Satake, etc., about the status of guys like Jackson McChesney. So a lot to get to still ahead here on the podcast today, but wanted to get that out of the way right up top. The good news is BYU appears to have some depth at running back, but all of a sudden it's becoming very thin. They're only one game into the season. Here's hoping that depth holds out and BYU doesn't get into the dire straits that they have seen both in 2017, 2018, 2019, and now it appears early on in 2020. All right, coming up here in just a second, Jeff Grimes is on with DJ and PK in the morning, the show I work for on the Zone Sports Network. Had some great thoughts on the game against Navy, as well as turning attention now to Army. We'll get to some of those highlights here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part, though, by our good friends over at rockauto.com, guys. I've told you a lot about this company recently, but if you need any type of part for your car, truck, or SUV, rockauto.com is the perfect place to go. Uh, Recently, I had to replace a door handle on my vehicle. Guess what? I went to rockauto.com. I searched out my vehicle name, the year, the model number, all the different things that they ask for. And all of a sudden, I said, okay, I need a door handle. It came with every option available to me by every manufacturer. And the best part is it's completely customizable to whatever you want to look for. You're looking for a specific manufacturer. You have certain specifications you're looking for for the part. You want to search by the lowest price. No matter what it is, you can search by that on rockauto.com, guys. I highly recommend you guys get your parts for your car, truck, or SUV at rockauto.com. They are the best prices, reliably low pricing each and every day. 
You don't have to join a special program or club to get those prices. They're always there for you. And and the best part about it is they're shipped directly to your door. Additionally, a professional, a mechanic, your mechanic, if you have one, cannot go on rockauto.com and get a lower price than you can get any every day as well. So it's the perfect solution for those of the do-it-yourselfers or those who just want to save money overall in the car repair business. So go to rockauto.com, guys. Make sure to fill in Locked On on the How Did You Hear About Us box when you stop by so they know that we sent you guys. It's a phenomenal company. I can't recommend them enough. Go to rockauto.com, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. All right, let's break into some of the sound from Jeff Grimes' appearance on DJ and PK in the morning yesterday and some great thoughts from Coach Grimes as he really coordinated a fantastic offensive outing against the Naval Academy. Athlon Sports named him the National Offensive Coordinator of the Week for his efforts. 580 total yards, 55 points. Uh, the biggest margin of victory for BYU since 2009, uh, 52 points. Uh, just a marvelous, marvelous outing. Well, DJ started off the interview with a very simple question. Did you expect that to happen? <laughs> you know what? No. I thought we would play well, but no, I did not imagine it would be like that. A number of people asked me during the quarantine days and then as we got back to fall camp how I felt like things were going for us. And I said, you know, I think we've got an opportunity here to be a little bit ahead of some other people because, A, we've got an experienced group coming back on offense. And then, B, the type of guys we have, I think, will take initiative and be self starters and do a lot of stuff on their own and I think that showed up Monday night. There you go Jeff Grimes and some very interesting thoughts from him as he uh, pushes forward here but I think it was very sincere from him saying no I didn't expect us to go out there roll up 55 points and just absolutely dominate Navy. I guarantee that he enjoyed watching his offense run roughshod over the Naval Academy. I can guarantee you that. He loved seeing his offense have success and boy how did how did they have success and Congratulations to him on that. Like I said, he was named the National Offensive Coordinator of the Week by Athlon Sports for his efforts. We also talked a little bit with PK because Patrick Kinahan actually had a really good thought of BYU. If you're going to run for 301 yards in a game, why not make running the ball your identity? Why not make that the hallmark of what you guys do as a team. Well, here's what Coach Grimes responded with to that question. I think we'll continue to stress balance. That's something that that I've said since I got here, and it's something I believe in strongly. And there will be some games where we do run the ball more, and then there will be some where we throw it a little bit more. And I think it it depends on what the defense gives us. And I think most good teams, as you alluded to when you said maybe with the exception of service academies and then maybe a few – um, Mike Leach. On the other side of that, most teams that you see are balanced. And it doesn't mean 50-50 run pass, but it means you're capable of running the ball or throwing the ball in any given scenario. I can vouch for the fact that Coach Grimes is a little bit of a broken record when it comes to that. He wants to be a balanced offense, but it's balanced within reason, as you'll hear here in just a second, because he understands that you go in with a game plan. Yes, ideally you'd like to pass for 250 yards and run for 250 yards. That'd be great, because you keep a defense completely honest at that point. They don't know what's coming ultimately at them on any on any given play, 
and it pays off in your uh, side of the thing, side of the ledger, excuse me, where you get more points, you have more success, all the different things that come with that. But uh, later on in the interview, he was asked, okay, what is your confidence level in the passing game and how might it f- affect the offense just overall? I didn't go into the game with the thinking that we were going to run it more than we threw it. Sometimes you just get into a game and things just kind of roll that way, you know, and, and if it's, if, if it's hitting, then you keep, then you keep going with it. So that was really more of an example of that. I have a lot of confidence in our passing game. I think Zach is, is um, considerably further along and at any time since I've been here, obviously his first year, he was a, he was a young punk freshman, just trying to figure out what to do. And then last year, his health wasn't what it is now. His arm is better. The ball's coming out with more velocity, and he's making good decisions. Um, yes, we did lose three competent receivers, but I think we replaced them with three guys who were kind of in that next phase of their careers. Um, Matt was a significant blow, and you know that that hurt us on the field. It hurt me personally because. You know, in, in all my years of coaching, that's one of the one of the most disappointing um, injuries I've been a part of because he was primed to have a great year and he's worked so hard for it. But we'll move forward, and we've got some young tight ends that that will step up, I'm sure. And you know, that that's probably the spot where we're where we're behind uh, where we anticipated being. But uh, to answer your question directly, I feel confident in our passing game, and if we need to go into a game and throw it. Uh, twice as much as we run it to to win the game. I think we're ready to do that. There you go, Coach Grimes. Some great thoughts on the tight end group for BYU in addition to his saying, you know what, I've got a lot of confidence in the passing game. I don't think we saw more than maybe a quarter of what BYU's passing game playbook might have looked like going into that Navy game. I'm sure they had all kinds of different things drawn up in case the game required them to throw the ball a lot. You heard him talk about the fact, if we need to throw the ball twice as much as we run it in a game coming up, we will do that. I think that's what the true balanced offense is about in college football in this day and age, folks. If you want a balanced offense, you have the ability to either run or pass the ball. BYU realize, you know what, if we're going to carve up this Navy defense for 8, 9, 10 yards of carry, why in the world would we try and pass the ball? Why would we put our passing game on film for a team like Army to scout when we don't need to do that? It was a brilliant tactical move by the BYU offensive coaching staff led by Coach Grimes and Aaron Roderick, the passing game coordinator. I can guarantee you this. Army is going to be very much ready for what BYU has been doing on offense with their run game, but they don't know ultimately what the depth and the breadth of what BYU's passing game looks like because guess what? BYU kept it pretty vanilla as that game wore on against Navy. One final thought here, uh, speaking of Army, Jeff Grimes has asked what he expects to see from the Black Knights as they get ready for this game. Now what? Are we nine days out from that game? Ten days out? Somewhere in that realm. It's a week from Saturday. That's all I know. (laughs) Nine days. I should have done the math before I started recording. But Jeff Grimes was asked, what do you know about Army and what do you expect? And here's what he had to say. I don't know how good Middle Tennessee is either. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little bit hard. Um, when you only have such a small sample size, you just got one game to go on given any number of parameters. And those those conditions now are different than what they've ever been. Um, but um, I think there's certainly um, a team that's going to be a challenge for us, you know, another option running team, which we know what that can do in terms of your possessions and um, 
you know, they play they played a, a really hard and physical brand of football. It looks like to me from the from the time that I spent watching their defense, and so. I'm expecting to go up there and have a battle. So there you go. Jeff Grimes, he expects a hard-fought battle, but I do agree with him on the point of how good is Middle Tennessee State. I watched the majority of that Army-Middle Tennessee game, and the Blue Raiders, frankly, looked awful. Uh, Rick Stock still has built a pretty good program, all things considered. He's been there, what, 15 years in Murfreesboro. BYU played Middle Tennessee State just a few years back, but they looked just horrendous, downright horrendous. Maybe we'll get more of a true read on how good Army is this week when they take on Louisiana Monroe. We can hope. Uh, Monroe, I believe, actually lost their defensive coordinator right at the start of the fall camp. So they'll be breaking in a new coordinator as they take on an option offense. So I expect Army's going to roll in this game against ULM, but you would hope that maybe the Warhawks could have, have a little bit better showing on defense and maybe give more of a true feel to BYU as they prepare for that game on September 19th of what ex- exactly to expect from Army as they get ready for the game. But I think that Grimes is right, Coach Grimes is right about his assessment of the game. You don't know exactly how good MTSU was, so that doesn't give you a true read on how good Army might have been. But regardless, he expects a hard-fought game. As, as I said on yesterday's podcast, I really do think that Army, when BYU faces them, is what they were expecting from Navy. Army will have played two games at that point. They should be rounding into forms, getting ready to really roll through the rest of their schedule. And BYU is going to have a dogfight on their hands. If BYU goes out and puts on the offensive clinic they had against Navy when they take on Army, guess what? That will legitimize BYU in many people's eyes. I can tell you that much. People will sit up and say, hold up. They did that again against a team who wasn't playing the first game of the year and didn't hit all fall camp. Okay, maybe BYU is a little more for real than than we thought they were. That's the big key going into this game. We'll continue to break this down as it gets closer and closer over the next week or so. But some great thoughts from Jeff Grimes and a big thank you to the Zone Sports Network for letting me use that audio. And coming up here in just a second, we'll recap some of the other awards and accolades that have come in for BYU in the aftermath of that 55-3 demolition of Navy. Uh, before we get to that, a reminder for you guys, make sure to follow this show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter. Search out the show Locked On Cougars. And also on the podcast provider you're listening in from, if they allow you to leave a rating and review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which is the most popular out there, make sure to leave us that five-star rating as well as a thought or two which you like about the podcast. It really helps out the podcast in terms of building our audience. When podcast providers like Apple or Spotify, Google, if they see you guys interacting with the podcast, guess what? Their algorithms, they begin promoting the podcast and helping BYU fans find us. Word of mouth is great. Your guys' support of the podcast has been absolutely phenomenal. Our download numbers this month are literally record-breaking, and it's a big credit to all of you. But I would encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, leave us a rating and review and continue to help us build this audience right here on Locked on Cougars. As you wrap up this Thursday edition of the show, a couple of thoughts for you guys as we look ahead. And I guess we'll look back before we look ahead. And that's a big congratulations first off to Isaiah Kafusi. 
He was named the Bronco Nagurski Trophy National Defensive Player of the Week Award winner for this past week. Uh, Isaiah, for to his credit, had a phenomenal, phenomenal game against the Naval Academy. Five solo tackles, two sacks, the two associated tackles for loss with the aforementioned sacks, as well as a forced fumble in winning that award. He is just the second BYU football player to win the award. It's presented by the Football Writers Association of America, of which I am a part, and I actually had no influence on this. I'm not on that committee that makes the picks for that. But a big congratulations nonetheless to Isaiah Kafusi, a well-deserved honor for him. And here's hoping that he continues to put on this type of performance. And talking with some people who are familiar with his NFL draft prospects, he is considered to be a guy who's a fringe NFL guy, probably could sign as an undrafted free agent currently. I'll tell you this much, if he puts on week-in and week-out performances like he did against Navy, he may work himself into a draftable prospect, and that's all you can ask for a guy like that as he really improves his stock as a senior. So, congratulations to him. Also, congratulations are in order to Zach Wilson. He's been named as one of the Manning 8 Stars, or whatever they call it. The All-State Sugar Bowl is putting on a weekly awards list, I guess, that people can vote on. You can go on Facebook, and you have to like the photo of Zach Wilson to help him win the award, and he had a marvelous out there's no doubt about it. I know a lot of people want to hammer him for the interception. I don't think that was his fault. Uh, very much looked like Neil Pau just kind of got tripped up or uh, tripped on the turf as he came out of his break and the ball sailed a little bit and Diego Fago picked it off. And regardless, it is what it is for BYU. It wasn't Fago that picked it off. Apologies to somebody else. But Fago was part of that play. Their starred linebacker speaking of the Naval Academy. But regardless, congratulations to Zach Wilson on that honor, as well as the entire BYU football program. Athlon Sports named them as their national team of the week for their outing against the Naval Academy. When you go out and beat a team that was a nationally ranked team a year ago, won 10 games, etc., you go out and do what you did against them, 55-3. to I don't care how much they say that they didn't hit, blah, 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 whatever. You were honored as the national team of the week by Athlon Sports. You take it, you celebrate it, and obviously BYU did so. They put out press releases, etc., and big congratulations nonetheless. All of the accolades that are coming BYU's way are well-deserved at this point. They had the best outing of week one. I know it was a limited sample size, but it was still good to see them out there playing football and winning in dominant fashion. So a big congratulations to them on those honors. All right, that's going to do it for this Thursday edition of the show. It's been a blast to be with you guys as usual. Love talking BYU sports every day. Make sure you come back and join us every day. Hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're tuning in from. So that way it just populates right there in your feed and you can listen each and every day to this podcast. All right, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for September 10th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.